We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Light. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Everybody, hope everyone enjoyed their weekend and, and everybody had a happy Mother's Day. Shout out to all the mothers out there. Um, so we we're gonna talk about a couple interesting things once uh once Kyle gets in here. Um, we're gonna talk about the schedule. We're gonna talk about something Peter King wrote uh in his column today about Jimmy Garoppolo, which we touched on last week in our conversation with Mark Schofield and. Um, how soon Trey Lance could potentially start. Uh, it, it was an interesting conversation. If you haven't heard that pod, uh, check it out. And then after we sort of talk about this stuff, we will, uh, we'll take your questions because it's, um, it's a slower time of the year now. So we, uh, we'll, we'll take your questions on the 49ers or anything else. It looks like Kyle's here. Kyle, what's Boy, up? is he. I'm doing a tweet for proper promotion of this well, event. I haven't done that yet. What should I say? I'm just going to leave it as is. I'm just going to throw the hashtag on the 49ers because that's good social media ink. Sure. Uh, don't try Don't try to do too much. No, I'm not. I would never. You think it's, I'm going to work too hard? It's, it's it's very clear who tries to do too much on uh, on the social media these days. I'm just mad that I don't have my initial Trey Lance prediction <laughs> pinned at the top of my account. 
You know? Um, I had I, I I had it in March. That first yeah. Sunday I had it. But then I you just, just and then I just well, that's the boy. I, I read all the media reports <laughs> <laughs> and was just swayed. Oh man. I apologize for uh, forgetting the Mac Jones stuff wrong the week of the draft, by the way. I was told on social that I, I required apology. Even apologize. Though, even though I had I had accepted the L in many different many different I will ways. Also, I will also apologize for absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, for, hey. for the record, for the record, it would have been a bad pick. Yeah, it would have been a bad pick. Hence, <laughs> okay. hence let's, the, let's uh, never talk about it again. Yeah, hence hence him going fifteenth. Um, so can we get to the uh, the beating the heat bit? Yeah. Bit? So I was no, out today running good. errands, and I decided to uh, to eat lunch outside while I was running said errands. Oh, and a big idea. and uh, well, it was, it was nice out, and plus we're still not allowed to sit at, inside, which is fine. Mm. But um, one guy trying to beat the heat is going full shirtless mode, and then walked into the restaurant, ordered. And Boy. as soon as he, like, shirtless, put the shirt on right before going into the restaurant, ordered, came out of the restaurant, went back to shirtless. And this wasn't, like, probably not, like, a bodybuilder or, like, a uh, an IG influencer type type body. Um, and just a weird thing, man. Like, it, it, it was, like, 85 today. It wasn't super hot. Like, what, what's the hottest it would have to be for you to just go shirtless? Have you seen me? <laughs> a, mil- it, it a million degrees. A million I would degrees. have to be near water, and not. Yeah, in if yeah, if I'm on if I'm on the beach, and even and even then, I have to be going into like a dude. I am. I look. You know when you get the Pillsbury biscuits in a can, and you first sure. pop the biscuits open, yeah. and that dough kind of spills out. That's what I look like. <laughs> Why would I ever expose anyone to that on purpose? It's like, it if I'm just, not right about to get in the water where you won't see that anymore, shirt stand on. It was just aggressive. Like, it wasn't It wasn't super hot. It was warm, but uh, I guess everybody has their own see, ways to, uh, to beat the heat. I've said, though, if I was built like, if I just, if I was buff, if I had a, if I had a body worth being proud of, I would 100% find a reason not to have a shirt on all the time. Like, is it 74 out today? God, I just got to get rid of this shirt. <laughs> the weather in this ride is just so warm. <laughs> hey, hey, Uber driver, you mind if I just take this off? Is this necessary? I'll keep my mask on. Do I need to have a shirt on? Yeah. I don't know. No shirt, guys. Weird. Um, But, yeah, so that was that. We uh, Do you, you want to start talking about the schedule? Have you looked at how many – um, how many primetime games do you think the 49ers are going to get? I have not. Let me pull up the 49ers 2021 opponents here, which I have a nice list of at NinersWire.com. That's what I'm looking right now. I'm going to go with four. Uh, I think, yeah, I think we – go ahead. I think one of the Seahawks games, yeah. uh, the Packers game, potentially, maybe that's flexed in like week 11 through 17 or whatever it is. Just okay. in case Aaron Rodgers doesn't play, um, the Philadelphia Eagles and one of the Bears or Titans. I could see yep. it being the Titans because you get sort of that, like no if the Titans, you, you, you what? I think there's no chance. 
No chance. Wow. No chance. Every team gets gets primetime games, Kyle. Yeah, but they'll get their even, the even Titans? your Titans okay. of Tennessee. Okay, so listen to this guy trying to tell me, former <laughs> TitansWire.com managing editor, how the Titans' primetime game schedule works. They're going to get their requisite Thursday night game against the Jags, maybe a Monday nighter against the Colts, and that's it. All right. That's going to be their primetime schedule. I, did I think say the Bears, Bears. Bears is probably more the likely. Bears, yes, because you're going to have the Justin Fields element. It's all about storylines, right? Like, what can they do a dramatic, like, overproduced thing of? And I think the Justin Fields 49ers passed on him angle is going to be a thing that they're going to talk about. Yeah, I could see and that. And I could Are see we? the Vikings game. I could see Niners Vikings being a Monday night. A Monday night. Yeah. Yeah, potentially. I I think Tennessee sort of falls into that same category as that Buffalo game did last year. We're mm. just like, oh, two game, two teams that don't play all that much. Buffalo is a little bit exciting. The Niners are a team many people think are a contender, and they'll just the, put up a big number regardless. The big difference there, though, the big difference there though is is that the Bills have fans. Wow, you're just really gonna treat your old your old readership like Iron that? shots. <laughs> Just on the record. I hope no fantasy Titans fans are listening right now. Could yeah. be upset on on the I'll, locker room app. I'll tweet out the joke and make sure no one sees it. Um so are you do you think four? Because five's the most you can get. Yeah, I I think man, if it was a slam dunk that Trey Lance is gonna start at, at some point during the year. Like, if the NFL just knew that Trey Lance is starting week four, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I think that that changes the calculus a little bit because now now I think you would for sure have Bears-Niners in primetime. That's Fields versus Lance. Mm-hmm. Um, but, again, it, we've seen the Niners and Packers in a primetime game, the NFC title game, and then another primetime game, and none of those were good games. All three of them were blowouts. Is that something the league's going to want to do again? I, you I, think the and Niners then, and coming then in off the 6-10 season are, are going to be thought of as a team that's just going to blow people out? No, but why they, they've, they've I'm saying they've had these two teams against each other. The Packers were good in 2019, and the 49ers crushed them on Monday Night Football or whatever it was. Thursday Night Football, Sunday Night Football. I think that was game a, was flexed into Sunday night, if I if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and it was a terrible game. I bet you the numbers weren't terrible. Probably viewership was probably fine, as it probably was this last Thursday yeah. when uh, when the yeah, maybe, Niners yeah. had I, their I entire team out with COVID. If I'm if I'm picking an NFC North team, it's probably the Packers. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, four four sounds about right because. One will be a Thursday. Schedule makers, schedule makers aren't going to go, oh, well, the Niners weren't good last year, so they're going to look and see that people are going to be healthy and expect the Niners, I think, to be pretty good. Like, they're over-unders 10. Yeah. Yeah, I just – I think the teams that get five – and you could always be flexed in. Um, I think you can get six or seven total. But the teams that get five are typically teams that are super high profile and coming off playoff appearances. And the Niners are pretty high profile, but they're not. They're you know they're six and ten, and they have losing seasons in three of the last four years. So, 
I think four is probably the right number. And if they ended up with six because they got flexed into one because they're in the hunt in November and December, I think that would make plenty of sense. Um, I did read in the athletic today and I knew that the Niners were the most injured team in the league last year, but I didn't realize the Niners this year, um, Shield Capadia had this, I think it was that the Niners are going to have the easiest schedule in the league in 2021. Wow. Well, easiest how? Easiest based on Vegas over-unders going into the season. Oh, I see. So okay. not based on last season win, win-loss records, um, which is interesting. And, and you look at it like they're playing the AFC South um, and the NFC North. But, I mean, their division's good, obviously. But you, you're going to get games, you know, who knows how good Chicago's going to be. Detroit, Jacksonville on the road. Maybe that Jacksonville game will be in London. Kind of cross my fingers for that. Um Rams, you got the Eagles, uh, Seahawks, Titans, Bengals. Um, and then the home slate, you got the division, Packers, Vikings, Texans, Colts, and Falcons. Um, I mean, I, you know, Houston's probably going to be bad unless, unless Deshaun Watson's playing, but even or if he is James playing, he'll Mills be bad. Is really good. Yeah. I, but <laughs> I, I wouldn't count on that game being, being hotly contested. Um, yeah, was with Indy, man. Indy's a really interesting team. Indy's fascinating because they they have a loaded roster and uh, and just a giant question at quarterback. Yeah, and as as we know, two people who write about sort of similar teams or a similar team, um, there's a lot of variance <laughs> at, at play that could that could potentially yeah. be a team that makes a deep run in the playoffs or a team that uh, ends up picking in or around the top ten. So. I don't know. What do you think? Do you think the Niners' schedule is going to be easy based on the fact that it's the AFC South and uh, and the NFC North? No, because the Bengals. The Bengals is kind of a break too, because that 17th game you get the last place team in the AFC uh, North. The Titans' defense is not very good last year. They got our guy Elijah Molden in the draft, um, but they just couldn't get off the field on third downs last year. They don't have Corey Davis anymore, so it'll be AJ Brown. They still have Derrick Henry. They still have Ryan Tannehill, who's been fine. But they're going to have a new offensive coordinator. Arthur Smith, their offensive coordinator, was hired by the Falcons to be their head coach. I have no idea what to make of the Titans this year. So that could be – if they're as good as they were the last couple of years, all of a sudden that becomes a really hard game. But Playoffs if, three out of the last four seasons for them. Yeah, and if they if – they, but then again, if they take a step backwards or if Derrick Henry starts to kind of run out of gas, um, it, it becomes um, – it becomes a much different game. Like I'm at breaking news. Sure. If, if Carson Wentz gets back with Frank Reich in Indy and turns into MVP Carson Wentz, all of a sudden the Colts are probably like 14 wins. So yeah, the Colts. If if Wentz plays at 2017 levels, the Colts are probably a top three, top four team yeah. in the AFC. <laughs> yeah, they're really really good. Yeah. So that's that's where and then and then they get the Bengals who aren't very good. That's going to be their 17th game. I don't anticipate them being very good. Who knows with the Falcons? Like, I just, I don't, it, this is so dumb, but I, I think Detroit might really stink. I think the Jags aren't going to be very good. So, yeah, maybe, like, the, but the thing is, the NFC West is really good. I don't know, man. I don't, it's, it's, yeah, it's you, you probably going to wind up, May. yeah, like this a middle of the road ish, middle of the road ish schedule because I'm on optimism about every team right now. So every team yeah. in my brain is going to win 11 games. Well, it's funny. Like every May, you you know, we're going to make predictions. I'm probably going to write 
uh, for Thursday. Like, here's my prediction record for, you know, going through each game in the schedule and all mm-hmm. that. I'm, I don't oh, know yep, what it was last like a game year. Game prediction. Yeah, I don't know what it was last year, but I probably predicted the Niners were like 11 and 5 or 12 and 4. You know, once the schedule got released in May or April, whenever it was. So, you know, they end up going 6 and 10 because everything bad that could have happened happened. So, you never know. But, but the schedule release is going to be interesting because it's the first time that we've had 17 games. Um, nine road games will be interesting. Still only one bye. I think, you know, if you're taking away a bye from the number two seed in the playoffs and you're adding a week on to the regular season, I kind of think you should have two buys. Um, and I, I, I thought about this too. Like what if, and maybe the league would never do this just because it wouldn't want to stop momentum. But what if, like, the entire league took two weeks off in, like, early November? And just reset. And then just reset. It was just, like, a two-week breather. Everybody has buys the same time. Um, and it's it's the extra week. So you do – everybody, you know, there isn't the schedule advantage of, like, oh, they're, you know, we're, we get this team off a of buy. Like, I think the Niners – really put it to the Rams last year because they were coming off that bye week and how badly they needed it, right? And they were just super physical in that game, and they had, you know, the running backs, and um, Debo Samuel was healthy. Like, the the bye stuff is real. So I know, like, it would be tough. You, you'd never really be able to convince the TV executives to be like, yeah, we're just going to go on a two, two-week hiatus in the middle of the season for everybody. But if put you the just Pro wanted- Bowl there. Oh yeah, the Pro Bowl in the middle of the season. I'm sure everybody would uh would love that. Um, yeah, you're gonna go on vacation anyways. Put the Pro Bowl in the Bahamas <laughs> or something. What the hell? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I just think like something like that would be cool. I think like it would be. I think that's I think that's the direction we're headed because they're going to 18 games. Yeah. There's I don't think there's any way they keep an odd number of games on the schedule for more than. Uh, the the minimum amount of years that they they have to do it. Yeah, it might be in 2023 just so the NFC could get the extra home games next year. Yeah. In the odd number, but yeah, I think you're right. We're definitely trending that way. And, and the, if there's 18 point, games, there just has to be two buys. There's I I completely agree. And maybe it's like you said, maybe it's maybe it's not everybody takes two weeks off, but maybe there's just that one week that it's a whole league buy, and then there's a normal buy system. Is that what you just said? That might have been what you just said, and I just lost track. Yeah, you could put, like, you could have the trade deadline happen, so, like, the trade deadline could be right up against the buys, so then you get two weeks to integrate your new players. Um, I don't know. It's probably hey, not going to happen, a prediction. but I, I think that might be my 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 way to fix the 18-game schedule and give everybody enough rest, because you could just break it up nine games, two weeks off, nine games, and... Yeah, you got to ex- yeah expand rosters, two buys, like pl- player safety. I understand that football is an inherently dangerous game where you're not. It's never going to be safe. You're never going to play a version of football where it's like, oh, this is a safe game now. That's just not. It, it's never going to happen. But you can mitigate some of those risks of the added schedule, added games to the schedule with, like I said, expanded rosters and um and the additional bye week. That's just that's stuff that's going to have to happen. Yeah. I have a prediction. What's your prediction? I tweeted this on March 30th. And if it happens, I'm pinning it to my profile and maybe putting it in my bio. 
Yeah, that's what that's what you need to do in order to to make right. sure like everybody knows you were right on opinion. Right. Uh, I said the Niners are going to get the Eagles and Bengals back to back and contribute once again to the Youngstown economy. Your thoughts? Eagles. I think and it's Bengals? Eagles Bengals. Yeah, I think they go Eagles Bengals back to back, both road games. Yeah. So I, that that could definitely happen. I'm curious to see if that's their only East Coast trip, right? Yeah. I mean, they well, they could go to Chicago. That, um, Chicago's not East Coast. Come on. Youngstown on, is, is not super far from Chicago. Neither is Detroit. Um, but your point is valid in that there's a good chance that they're going to practice. Jacksonville. Yeah, well, there there's a good chance that they're going to get two games somewhere on the other side of the country back-to-back, and they could stay in Youngstown or yeah. Florida or West Virginia, as they've done the last couple of years. I'm also, like I mentioned it earlier, but, like, are they going to get an international game this year? Um, they haven't had one since 2013. They're a pretty marquee brand. I would imagine that the NFL would like to get them. They got the out Jags. To, uh, yeah, out to the uh, the the London Jaguars. Um, there was also some talk a couple years ago about the Niners maybe being one of the guinea pig teams for a game in in uh, China, and that never happened. And um, so I don't think that's that's I think that idea is scrapped at least as far as I know. But the Niners are due for an international game, I would think. So I've kind of circled that Jaguars game potentially. So I wonder if – I mean, I would think they would, but I wonder if having like a week in Europe or Mexico City or wherever – they probably wouldn't have to tra- stay in Mexico City for the full week. But mm-hmm. um, I do wonder if the, if the players would be like, well, we have this one long trip. Do we really want this other one? And I know they did it twice in 2019. Um so who knows? Well, I wonder but, too. I wonder too if the league is even going to want to travel overseas, depending on what the COVID situations look like. Yeah, I mean, other countries in, might not in, want us in this country and and in others. Yeah, that's, other countries that's something that might not want us. Yeah, that's out. a good point. That is that is a good point. We'll find out in a couple of days. Um, did you read Peter King's column that I dropped did not. on Monday? Former podcast guest Peter King. Yes, friend of the. Pod. Um, Friend of the pod. He he said on uh, I see he wrote for Monday that he believes Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start well into the season, and he would put the over under at ten starts, and he's taking the over, which I think flies in the face of at least what I think because I've uh, I disagree, and and I know Mark Schofield, who was on the pod last week, disagrees that um, you know we think Trey Lance could potentially start. Uh, much sooner than that, just because he, you know, he could potentially learn enough of the offense and get enough of a grasp. And Kyle Shanahan, like I'm kind of operating operating under the assumption that Kyle Shanahan has already figured out a bunch of different plays to incorporate Trey Lance's athleticism that he wants to unleash on the league. Mm-hmm. And I think if, you know, I've said it, like I think if Lance and Garoppolo are close in training camp, I think it's going to be Lance. Um, and maybe it won't be close, and we'll get to watch Lance on the practice field for the first time on on Friday. Um, but you know, like I know people, it's not a popular opinion that Trey Lance is going to come in and and you know after not playing a game in in twenty or only playing one game in twenty twenty that he could potentially be starting early on in the season. But I I definitely think there's a possibility, and I think part of it is just because. You know, it, like how long are you going to go without him getting starts? It, it, it would be over 600 days. You know, if he's not starting um, week one and week two, it would be well over 600 days 
since he'd started back-to-back games as a starting quarterback. Um, okay. So I wonder if, you know, if that's going to be an element too. What are, your, what are your thoughts? I have two issues with what Peter King said. Yeah. Uh, one, if he's setting the line and then immediately taking the over, <laughs> you need to move your line, Pete. <laughs> That's just basic. You don't you don't just you go. Think he should have won 10, 10.5 or like twelve. Yeah, ten, put throw the hook on if he wants to. If he's going ten and I'm going over, then send it at eleven and a half. Okay. Do, do something like that. Don't don't just go ten over. Like, come on. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's or go, you know, put the hook on it and then say, I think he's in that range. I'm setting the over under a ten and a half, and then let the reader decide in their brain. Roscoe's also disagreeing. Thank you, Roscoe. He gets it. <laughs> Thank, I agree. He's he's wow. actually disagreeing with the. Uh, I think somebody's playing basketball on my court. Let me let me close my window real quick. Okay, you're gonna, so go shout, you're gonna go shout. You're gonna go. You're gonna go shout at the kids. Chris, no, I'm just right now, guys, is going to go to the window and say, hey, you dang kids. That's what he's doing. I'm really excited to unleash my Jimmy Garoppolo take on everybody, so buckle up, because it's a doozy. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Definitely did not almost trip over my uh, headphone cord sitting back down here. It's an audio medium. You didn't have to tell anybody. <laughs> um, so, I just okay, wanted so here's, to get out ahead of it before I potentially had to apologize to people. So I want to know where he got the number 10 because I have no evidence to believe that regardless of who the backup quarterback is, that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start more than 10 games. I mean, he he spoke to – he reported out a little bit more about the um, the Niners and Dolphins trade up to number three and provided some details like John Lynch got the call from Chris Greer while at his daughter's tennis match, high school tennis match, um, and things like that. So generally, like since Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have uh, have taken control in 2017, they've had a very open relationship with Peter King. So 
whenever Peter no, King I, writes things like you, I don't Chris, about the I'm miners. Not, I know not, you're not, but I'm just I, I'm I'm saying just in general, like if Peter King sets it at ten, he's probably got an indication from somebody high up in the organization, if not from John Lynch or Kyle Shannon himself. So like, hey, it's probably something around here, right? Yeah, it's an it's more the idea of where the 49ers think Lance is right now. Yeah, which yeah, is and, and you can't yeah you can't say Trey Lance, a guy who hasn't played you know consistently in a full year before his first rookie training camp that he's gonna he's gonna start like if you're Kyle Shanahan, you just cannot say that. You need to make sure the messaging is correct and Trey Lance has to earn everything he gets and. You know, all of that public stuff could be significantly different from the way Kyle Shanahan and his coaches are talking about approaching the season, right? So they're, you know, that that's why, given given how aggressive Kyle Shanahan thinks and the fact that he did invest three first-round picks in this one quarterback, I think he kind of wants to unleash him sooner rather than later. And that's pure speculation on my part. All right, but, well- I don't know that he loves Jimmy like he I don't know that he loves Jimmy Garoppolo to the point where it's like all right, I'm giving Jimmy a whole lot of leeway. Jimmy has a whole lot of equity. I don't know that Jimmy Garoppolo has a ton of equity with Kyle Shanahan right now. I mean, if he did, Kyle Shanahan probably wouldn't have made the trade. Yeah. So, I think it's I think a lot of it is Garoppolo's injury stuff, but I think, you know, like Kyle Shanahan isn't always thrilled with the way Garoppolo plays and Kyle yeah. Shanahan obviously would like Garoppolo to throw fewer interceptions and make fewer mistakes and things like that. So if Garoppolo isn't lights out in training camp, just it wouldn't surprise me if uh, if it's Lance. And Garoppolo also is not, you know, he's he, – I wouldn't say – I know some people don't think he's a very good practice player. I wouldn't say he's like a terrible practice player, but when it's bad, it's bad. And he had, you know, in 20, uh, 2019 coming off the ACL injury, he threw picks on five straight attempts – um, and then, you know, he had the bad game in Denver, his first preseason game, and then he looked better in Kansas City. But, like, the point being is, like, there could be situations in August where it's like, man, Garoppolo just does not look good. And the question's going to be, how does that change the equation? Or does Kyle Shanahan going into it knowing, like, hey, there might be, you know, there might be some situations where Jimmy just doesn't look right, but I need to, I need to stick with him because – I do have faith in his experience and, um, you know, I need, I need Trey Lance to be at a certain level. Like if, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, I need Trey Lance to be at a certain level to sell it to the rest of the team. Like the rest of the team has to see it on the practice field before everybody's going to be fully on board with Trey Lance as a starter. And I'm just saying, in my opinion, it wouldn't surprise me if that happened at some point in August. All right, I'll be more blunt about it. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo can stay healthy for 10 games. <laughs> Fair enough. He he was supposed to start four games in 2016 and couldn't get through it. He got hurt three games into 2018, and he was hurt multiple times and only started six games in 2020. What math is there that says, oh, yeah, Garoppolo can start more than 10 games? Just I don't care who the backup is. Right. I wouldn't bet on Jimmy Garoppolo starting starting more than 10 games if you were the backup. It, right. it just it has nothing to do with Trey Lance's readiness. It just has to do with, hey, he might have to play even if the team doesn't think he's ready. Well, in addition to what we said about sort of the messaging, right, like Kyle Shanahan has to exude confidence or at least not, I guess, exude confidence in Garoppolo but not be overconfident in Lance. Right. But on the Garoppolo side of it, like eventually you're going to trade him. So you need to do everything you can to 
make Jimmy Garoppolo's image as sterling as possible over these next, you know, six months. Yeah, absolutely. So you got to be like, yeah, Jimmy, I mean, I'll tell Peter King that, you know, we think Jimmy's going to take us to the Super Bowl this year and blah, blah, blah. And then Peter King could write that in his column. And then everyone's like, wow, there's a really high on, high on Jimmy. Maybe we should, you know, <laughs> maybe we should pony up. I don't know what teams are out there that really want to pony up for Jimmy Garoppolo, but um, yeah, the message, the messaging and, and the reality, I think are, are probably different things when it comes to this situation. I'm going under 10 starts. Okay, what? Uh, where would you set the over/under? Like seven and a half. Okay, I'd go under in that situation. I think I'd set it at five and a half. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I that wouldn't surprise me at all if it goes if it goes under that. It just I again ten ten is high if having nothing to do with Trey Lance. That's just an insanely high number for a guy who they're literally trying to get rid of because he can't stay on the field. <laughs> like that's that's um that that's a wild number, and I have no doubt that he got that from somebody with the organization, and there's a reason he picked it. But if I'm betting on that, I'm hammering the under. That's all. A situation I'm rooting for just because it would be fascinating. Like I just from the from a writer's perspective, it would be. You know, and, and storytelling, like the Trey Lance stuff, him just getting off to a quick start, being good early on would be cool, right? I think a very fun narrative to dive into would be I've like... i Chris, everybody. Oh, you can't hear me? Can you hear me? Okay. Kyle's, I can't hear Kyle, but apparently people in the uh, in the chat can hear me. Uh, what was that? What was my point? Oh, my point was going to be about narrative. Um, I think the the most fun narrative would be for Jimmy to Jimmy Garoppolo to just come out and have the season of his life, and then sort of force the Niners' hand and um, like you know, force the Niners to, be, to like really make a decision. Like, well. You know, we we did invest all this stuff in Trey Lance, but like, we're we're eleven and one. <laughs> like, we can't we can't make we can't make a, a quarterback change right now. Um, so I think you know I think that would be fast. Not that I think that's going to happen. I think that's that's unlikely to happen. Um, but I I just think that would be that would be a fascinating dynamic to to try to sift through. And I'm, I'm sure the 49ers wouldn't be upset at all about that because it would mean they're winning games and they're also going to, uh, going to get a pretty reasonable trade package for Garoppolo. So Kyle, are you back? Can you hear me? You got me? Can't hear you. Kyle, you might need to refresh your, uh, your page on your, on your laptop. No, I, just, it's not, I don't know if you can hear me, but I just closed out of everything and relaunched. So if this doesn't work, I quit. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, thank God. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> know how much you love when we have technical issues. It's maybe my favorite thing. Like, technical issues. Yes. I just, no, that that legit, I just wouldn't have known what else to do because I signed out of everything and then signed back in. Yeah. So if that didn't work, I was out. That's the extent of my troubleshooting with this. <laughs> yeah. Um. What's your, did you hear what I, my point about? Nope. I was so my gone. point was basically the most. I think we've talked about this in the group chat with our uh, with our buddy Nick. But um, the most fun narrative from my perspective 
would be if Garoppolo's like ends up playing really well. And then the 49ers kind of have to like figure out how to navigate that. Yes. I like, think just it's irony would the, be the, the irony would be wild, right? One of the fascinating things is that that's a question that I've seen asked on Twitter and on radio shows is, well, what do the Niners do if Garoppolo wins the Super Bowl? What do you mean? Like, that's they, awesome. That's good they for profit. them. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> I think that is the ideal. If you told them, hey, you drafted Trey Lance, Garoppolo's going to win a Super Bowl, they're taking it. Because yeah. then you move forward with a guy for one more year who won a Super Bowl, or you trade him for a first round pick. Like, right. That's an ideal scenario. And I agree with you. That would be the most fun. I think that followed by Lance starting week one. Yeah. Would be fun. And then, oh, hello. I have a cat in my desk. Uh, yeah, that's the, the, the Garoppolo just comes out and goes three and three in his first six. And then Lance takes over is the least fun. I think. Yeah. Probably the most predictable. Yeah. Like if we were betting like Garoppolo. You said it at five and a half, right? Yeah. I said it at five and a half. So so at some point in October, I, I would say Lance is starting. But who knows? Maybe he's wow. way, maybe he's way unprepared. Kind of doubt it, but he's working out with Brandon Ayuk. Have you seen that on social media? I have, I have seen that. It's impossible to miss it based on all the algorithms of my Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> Nine different 49er fan accounts. Oh, Facebook! Facebook's fun. I did the thing Charlie on Lance. Sunday. Working with Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I got it. We got it. Thanks, Facebook. Yeah, my Facebook algorithms are not all that in tune. I had to do the, like, I go on Facebook basically to satisfy, like, family members and, like, like things to make sure that, you know, like, oh, Chris, like, like, you know, liking all my aunts and uncles and cousins and everybody's, you know, happy Mother's Day post. And that's, like, the first time I've been on Facebook in months. Sometimes I'll post stuff I I write because like all the family members are like we we want to read your stuff I'm like it's I can give you the website sackby.com you can find it quite easily <laughs> but if you need all of your content well. on Facebook I guess I can I guess I can uh, throw a link in there every now and again yeah and, and rack up like 23 likes it's huge <laughs> yeah smash Not those engagement big. numbers man. yeah um speaking of engagement do we want to uh, take some yes. questions. Speaker yes. requests. Vahe's back. Does anyone have questions? Yeah. Pop in. Vahe, what's up, man? Doesn't even have to be a football question. It does not. I cannot hear Vahe. Hello? Can you hear Vahe? I can't. I hear a dog can panting. You guys, can you guys hear me? There he is. Okay, what's up, buddy? Got you. What, what's up, man? Oh, sorry about that, guys. Um, Yeah, so going into the draft, um, I thought we would go. I wanted to. I wanted us to go O-line, wide receiver, and corner. So I was happy we went, we went O-line early. But I was kind of surprised we didn't go wide receiver. So, like, as a, like, what do you guys predict on who who's going to be our wide receiver three? Like, Watkins, Hurd, if he's healthy. Um, I don't know. Who else is there? Like, what do you guys think on the wide receiver three option right now? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because – you know, I, I tend to think that three guys have a really good shot at making it. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, obviously, and Richie James Jr., I would think, has a good shot at making it just because he's been around um, yeah. and, you know, he's had that role before. And he's shown that, you know, there are signs of like, well, maybe Richie James should should 
have more of an increased role. But on the other hand, it's like, well, he's had plenty of opportunities. Why hasn't he taken advantage of them? There's an element to that. But I think the bigger point is after those three guys, you have something like nine guys competing for the final three spots. Um, So I think Trent Sherfield is somebody they really like for special teams. Uh, So I think he might make it, even though he may not get a whole lot of um, play on offense. I think, Jalen Hurd's obviously the big wild card. The 49ers would love for him to be good. Um, I, I think there are similarities just in terms of their – there are similarities between um, Jalen Hurd and Chase Claypool. Not that I think Jalen Hurd can be Cla- Chase Claypool, but just his prospects coming out, like I think there there are a lot of similarities in terms of size and potential role they can have. Um, so I think the 49ers are still optimistic about that, but we I don't know who, who could – count on Jalen Hurd to be ready coming off an ACL tear after missing his first season um, with, with back surgery. Austin Watkins is super interesting. Um, I think it like it, I put him, I did a 53 man roster projection for today and I had him as wide receiver six, just because I, mm. I, I dug in on YouTube for, for a few minutes How about in the lab. And, um, and I, I think he, you know, I, I don't know that he's Kendrick Bourne, but I, I, I see the similarities. I see the appeal. He's got good size. Um, he makes plays over the middle. So he could potentially be that guy. Um, Travis Benjamin's another one who's coming back. Really have no idea what to expect of him. Kyle, you, you have any thoughts about this? I have no battle? idea what to expect of him is the correct answer to everything about this receiving core. Which is That's just it. Who, who, what, yeah. You you just named all the right names. I, I have nothing to add to what you said. It, it's that's what it is. That I I I agree that not agree. What's the word I'm looking for? I also thought they would draft a receiver to yeah. have a little more assurance. Yep. At that at that third receiver spot, but maybe they think Richie James is ready to take on a bigger role or. Maybe they really like Austin Watkins and, and think that they got really lucky that he didn't get drafted. Lance Zerline had him as like a fourth or fifth round projection. So maybe they think he's that good and they just prioritized other things. The The thing that stands out the most to me is how is how clearly they're prioritizing the run game. I was and just that's something we that. talked about. That's something we talked about on the post-draft pod. Yeah, I think they're going to be probably the most two-receiver set heavy team in the league. Yeah. Or if not at the top, they'll be one of the top five. Yeah. Like the Ravens yeah. have been, especially if Trey Lance plays early. I Also, uh, over or under 10 games for Jalen Hurd? <laughs> oh, man. Um, I'm, I'm doing a bit. You don't have to answer. Oh, you're doing a bit? I mean, I'll just say over. I'll be optimistic about our guy Jalen Hurd. Oh wow! I, I don't know. I, I'm not basing that on anything other other than maybe he just can be healthy. But no, that's. Would it surprise you guys if we do like an Emmanuel Sanders type trade in the middle of the season if our season's going well? No, not at all. Yeah, no. It would surprise me a little bit, specifically if you say the Emmanuel Sanders trade, because if they're trading a third and a fourth round pick, that means they have a second. And then a fifth <laughs> the yeah. next year. Like it, it just that they at some point need to hold on to a couple draft picks. So, but yeah. if they can if they can pull off, I think a better one would be like Anquan Bolden. Tell us, chat, who can you hear, me or Chris? 
I can hear you. Oh, they can hear us both. Okay, good. I just got to keep refreshing this this page on the laptop, I think. Oh, okay. Dynamo. Um, cool. Uh, all right. We will bring in Vams. Vams, what's up, man? How you doing? How you doing? Hello? Vams, how's, how's it going? We can hear you. Hey, guys. I, I just wanted to make a point about uh, – I actually don't think the Rams and, and the Seahawks are going to be that good this year because – both of their offensive lines are just so bad. And the Seahawks offensive line in particular is can't do a zone blocking scheme. Have you seen the guys like Damian Lewis? Like those guys can't move. Have you watched like, Have you watched Russell Wilson at any point in the last decade? There's never been <laughs> there's never been a Shanahan McVay offense in any team that's been good with a bad offensive line. That's a fact. Yeah, sure. I don't I don't disagree, but they that's they've fair. They've won a lot of games without a good offensive line. Yeah, but, um, the, but the scheme is not is changing, and and I, their I agree. Line can't fit, run that scheme. They can't move. I agree that they're not going to win like twelve or thirteen games, but I think they're going to be pretty good, and they're going to be tough gonna, to beat. I don't think they're going to be a top ten offense. It's going to be closer to the last okay. eight weeks than the first eight weeks, in my opinion. Because when like Russell Wilson has shown, like when there's offensive upheaval and things are changing, he doesn't really didn't look great. I do think there's an element to the Seahawks that are they're, like a lot of people view the Russell Wilson situation sort of as a ticking time bomb, and yeah. like the the off season trade request that wasn't officially a trade request, but was because there were specific teams mentioned by the agent to Adam Schefter. Um, I think it's a weird situation. I don't know that it's gonna that it's ultimately gonna affect wins and losses, but it could. Uh, and you know they haven't really done the, the defense should be a little bit better. Getting Kerry Hyder and bringing back Dunlap um, that that potentially will help. But I I just I'm with you in that I don't trust that they're gonna. They're going to keep patching things together with, um, you know, bubble gum and popsicle sticks along the offensive line like they have. I do think eventually that all the issues that they've had are, are really going to impact them in a negative way and, and maybe snap um, or at least make, the, make it so they fall back to the pack and they're a regression team. But I can't sit here and just predict or, like, bank on that happening. I just had, like, Russell Wilson's just too good. And he's proven he can overcome all that. But um, the Rams I mean, thing is interesting because I think the Rams are going to be good. If, Matt Stafford is so much better than Jared Goff. Yeah, Matt Stafford's much better than Jared Goff. I do wonder about the overall depth of the roster. I need to dive into more of their offseason stuff, but I think they're going to be there. I, You know, like you hear people like Daniel Jeremiah say, you know, take an elite quarterback – and put him in. Um, take Yo, Rams, what the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> um, take an elite quarterback, put him in that system, and you could uh, you could see some pretty special things. And that's what the uh, the Packers got with Aaron Rodgers. So um, once they implemented that that Kyle Shanahan system, so it sounded like my man was washing dishes. Yeah. I think that's in multitasking, which I respect the hell out of. Shout out to Vams. Yeah, just like mute yourself if you're going to be doing other stuff, like we're running water and all that. We got we got I audio quality to worry about. And is is going to be fine. Like they're they're going to score points. And the Seahawks with whatever the hell Pete Carroll's doing up there. I mean, 
they might just be a disaster because he's holding Russell Wilson back. But then again, yeah. we've seen them go into a year where it's like, man, all right, here comes the Seahawks decline, and then they win 11. Yeah. Let's go to uh, – can you hear me, by the way? I had to refresh again. Yes. Okay. My – my my like just thrown out numbers of how many games I think a team is going to win is now all thrown off because of the 17th game. Right. It's like being a 10 win team means a little bit less now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, it's uh it's tough. Let's go to uh, Amechi. Amechi. Yes, sir. Right? Let's go. Yeah, What's up, man? Right. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. How y'all doing? Pretty good. Pretty good. Right on. Right on. Um. What's up? Nothing much, man. I was just thinking about uh. Gone. Can y'all, can y'all hear me? I can hear you. All right, for sure. This app. Oh, I got. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna, just, I'm gonna just go, and if y'all catch me, then good. Um, yeah, yeah. So, Jimmy, like the thing with Jimmy G, um, he kind of his only value to the team is if he play, is if he starts. You know, he doesn't really serve a value if he's gonna be backing up Trey Lance, uh, and so like. For me, it's like I think that the fact that he's on the roster alone kind of means that I think he's going to start at least five games. Um, just because, like, what's the point? I mean, we could have just cut him, you know, cut the losses, um, bring in some more players, use what remaining cap we have to, you know, handle Fred Warner, which is not done yet. I don't know what you guys if you guys have any inside information on that or, you know, thoughts on what's going on there. Um, you know, set some money aside for Bosa. We could do those things, you know, and get started in that process if he's not going to play, you know. So I think the fact that he's on the roster kind of already implies that he's at least going to start five games because I think his value is that, like, you know, ensuring that Trey gets off to a start where he doesn't have to have that pressure of, you know, being the guy from day one. Like, that is his value. And if you got to pay $27 million to do that, then fine. Like, if you have the money and Jed's just got the money to spend for it and we don't want to do other things with that with that cap savings, then, then fine. That's fine. I think that's a good value, you know, if it can ensure that Trey gets off to a good start. But the fact that he's on the roster alone, I, I think, um, would imply that uh, he's going to – to start, but do you guys think? I guess like to make this a question because I'm just kind of talking here. Do you guys think that there's a possibility that Jimmy would be cut, you know, after things kind of start off? Um, and I'm not sure what like you know cap implications are with that and sunk costs and whatnot with that. But just kind of curious on on uh, the thoughts on that. Yeah, so I agree with everything you said. I, I think it's a very valid point. Um, I just don't know like if Trey Lance is the better player then I don't I don't know that they're going to look at Jimmy Garoppolo's contract status and say, well, you know, because he's making this much money, we need to continue starting him. Uh, but I agree with your point in that the value, he's more valuable to the 49ers than any other team right now just because of his inherent knowledge of the system, his experience, his value in the locker room, all of those things. Um, and those are the things that, you know, he doesn't he doesn't have for other teams necessarily right now. Um, but it's it's a good point in that they're invested in him to now to bridge the gap, and and I think that's a very fair way to look at it. Um, yeah, Chris, I guess to your point, like I guess it's if if you know they do end up saying, well, Trey's just outperforming him, well, let's play Trey. What it really just shows is that they probably made a mistake. You know, that's I guess that's yeah. Really what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, they I think they've admitted to the Garoppolo 
mistake just by making the trade, right? So, mm-hmm. like, I think it, it, it's it's an interesting situation. I, I think if it's, you know, like, Garoppolo will – Garoppolo's going into training camp as a starting quarterback. So, eventually, you know, no matter what, it's going to be his job to lose. I think he's going to have to get beaten out for the job, and I think that's part of the value, too, in that instead of just giving Trey Lance a job, you're making him earn it by having him beat out a pretty capable veteran, right? So I think I think that's that's the value in, in terms of, you know, if I'm putting myself in Kyle Shanahan's shoes and just trying to figure out how I value Jimmy Garoppolo, it's that we have a guy that we've been to a Super Bowl with and he's going to be really tough for the rookie to just flat out beat out unless Whoa. Garoppolo gets hurt, which is a pretty distinct possibility. I'm, but I, I just I where where my opinion's coming from is just like what I hear about Lance and just like how smart he is, and you match that with just the athleticism and Kyle Shanahan being, you know, trying to create things for Lance. I think that could happen sooner than later, but that's just speculation on my point. It could, from my standpoint, it could be that. You know, we watch we watch Lance at uh, mini camp on Friday, and he's just way over his skis. Maybe that's the case. I I don't think that's going to happen, but that's just, um, you know, I guess that's and on the and, and on the flip side of that, like I mean, you guys can tell me better um, if you've you know you know been there firsthand and whatnot. But the the word is that Jimmy G's never been really a great practice type of player. He's more right, of a yeah. quote gamer. So that's kind of another flip side to it, where it's like. Uh, he might get beat out then if that's the case. From right, we're hearing so it's right. just kind of funny to be like, okay, we're going to pay you um twenty seven million dollars to basically get beat. That's your value to the team. We want you to be the first goal of our rookie quarterback, the first kind of carrot, if you will, for him to kind of take on. Get beat by him. That is right. That is, <laughs> that's right. what we're paying you for. <laughs> yeah, and and to your point, I wanted to to hit on the financial question with um like the Fred Warner extension and the the Nick Bosa extension and all that money you're going to have to clear up. So in by 2023, the cap's going to start going back up. And you'll notice in Trent Williams' deal is basically two three-year contracts. Um, after that third year, if he's playing really well, he could potentially go back to the negotiating table, get even more for the the second part of that deal, right? That's sort of built in in that he has that negotiating power and there was all that guaranteed money in those first three years. Um so the point with Garoppolo is like, yeah, you can get rid of Garoppolo now and clear, what, $24 million in potential cap space. Um, but you can also do that by getting rid of him, you know, later, right? Like the the thing, I, I know people talk about rolling over the cap. Like you get $24 million in savings this year if you get rid of Garoppolo and you can roll that over. But you don't roll, you don't double dip in cap space. Like it's Garoppolo is going to, if he comes off the books this summer, it's going to be $24 million in space for 2021. And if you cut him before the start of the league year uh, in 2022, then his $24 million is going to come off um, then. So once you get rid of Garoppolo, you're going to have that space. Um, It's just the timing of it is, is what, is what differentiates. Um, you they know, don't need the twenty-four million dollars right now. Well, they don't, but you could, you know, like maybe they could have been more aggressive in free agency for somebody, Ooh. right? Like maybe they could have added like. Are there any? Uh, are, there, are there any? A pass rusher? Are there any like of note free agents at this point? I don't know. 
Okay. So Ingram got signed by – what about um, Ingram from the Chargers? Well, so they can – the thing is, is that, like, cap space isn't preventing those guys from getting – from the Niners from signing those guys. The Niners have all the room they need now to put together a roster. Um, And, uh, like, the – except like, you get rid of Garoppolo if you need to get uh, enough cap space for, like, Julio Jones. Just like as an example, like that's the, that like you get a marquee guy making top of the market money. That's what you have to get rid of Garoppolo for at this point in order to make that work. But in terms of getting contracts done for Fred Warner, like I forget what the, what exactly the number was, but George Kittle signed his contract extension last year and his first cap hit, I think was like 5 million bucks um, for, for last season. And you can backload the contract. So the reason why I mentioned the cap in 2023 going back up, is that's when I think the 49ers are going to start to like allocate all of their money um, to that year. So you could, you know, Fred Warner's initial deal, you know, I, I expect Warner to get his deal done before the season starts or at least before training camp starts, similar to Kittle's last year. So it would be like, you know, Warner makes three or $4 million against the cap in 2021. Maybe it goes up to eight or nine in 2022. And then it's like 17 or 18 in 2023 when the cap's expected to go back up and you saw sort of the signs of that with Trent Williams deal, like I mentioned, and obviously by then Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be off the books. So in terms of like, in terms of having the financial wherewithal to make all those moves happen, I don't think Garoppolo, I don't think him sticking around right now is, is preventing a whole lot unless the 49ers really want to dive into the Julio Jones thing, which they might, um, but their, you know, their war chest of uh, of draft picks is is sort of low at the moment, and Julio Jones is what 32. Um, so I just I don't know that they would give up a whole lot for Julio Jones and and risk, you know, not having somebody to to force Trey Lance to you know to beat out to win the starting job in in training camp. True. Yeah. All right. Well, appreciate the answer. Uh, appreciate you opening up the room. I'll tap yeah. you guys later. No problem. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. All right. We, Kyle, Doherty, I see you. Let me go to Travis first. Can't give you preferential treatment. Travis, what's up, man? Hello. How are you guys? Doing well. Right, Kyle, is Kyle still here? Yeah. All right, good. What's up, Travis? Hey, uh, so based on the draft and the offensive linemen and the running backs and how uh, Kyle won last year uh, with dominating time of possession, my thinking is that they're going to try and possess the ball 40 minutes a game and run the shit out of the ball. Um, and uh, I don't think it matters, the wide receivers. Like he's going to get his running backs hurt like he always does. And the quarterback's <laughs> not going to throw very much. And he might get the quarterback hurt, too, especially if it's Jimmy. But, like, his strategy is just to run the hell out of the ball. And uh, I won't be surprised if it's, like, Baltimore Ravens style with less quarterback runs. And uh, if Trey's accurate, it's going to be really, really explosive. And if he's not accurate, then it's going to be really frustrating. But they're going to run the hell out of the ball. And that quarterback is going to start from week one. That's week one. All right. I agree with everything you said about running the ball. Week one is strong, but I, I... I've said similar things recently. Kyle, what do you think? Does Kyle need to refresh again? (laughs) Hmm. 
Kyle agrees with me. I know it. Can you guys hear me? I can. I can hear you. Okay, I can hear Kyle. Kyle, what do you what do you think about Travis's question? What was the question? He thinks of uh or I guess it wasn't a question so much as a as a take, but it was Niners are gonna run the shit out of the ball and Trey Lance is probably gonna start from week one. Yeah, I think that's probably right. If you go back to the Washington football team in two thousand twelve they finished 30th in pass attempts with 442, and then they were third in rushing attempts with 519. It wouldn't surprise me if that's kind of the split we see from the 49ers this year, especially especially if Lance starts, um, you know, 11, 12, 13 games. I think that's the kind of split we're going to see. I don't think it'll be Ravens-like with the offense, but I think it's going to resemble a lot of what we saw from Robert Griffin III in Washington during his rookie year where with with maybe the 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 zone read stuff with the quarterback uh, a little less prevalent cuz they'll want to they'll want to preserve Lance to do to to avoid the scenario you know where he is getting hurt like like you said um and I think that the running backs getting hurt I think that's why they drafted two this year the first time they've done it I've said this a million times since 1991 First time that Shanahan had drafted a running back since 2017. They came in with Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr., and then they bring in Trey Sermon, and they bring in Eli Mitchell, both bigger-bodied guys. Is I it Eli or Elijah? Because I've, I've seen it both ways. I saw it first as Eli, so that's what I've been going okay. Elijah Mitchell, the running back from Louisiana Lafayette is a bigger bodied guy and I think that's I think that's absolutely right. I think that they were doing that to bolster their run game and they'll throw it when they need to and they will do so I, I think relatively efficiently, but I don't think we're gonna see this high flying five thousand plus passing yards, forty five passing touchdowns type of offense. It's gonna be more of what we saw from Washington in two thousand twelve. In fact, I've been pulling up on Game Pass from twenty twelve Washington football team football. Oh, you've and, been, and you've been grinding just tape? grinding the tape. Yeah, I'm just in nice. the lap. Nice. Um, and for what it's worth, they averaged a league high 6.2 yards per play that year. Yeah. Uh, I think the Aaron Banks thing, taking the guard from Notre Dame in round two, who's, you know, quote unquote, not the most seamless system fit, at least when you talk about fleet footed guards, getting a big mauling 325 pound guard who isn't known for getting out in space, like Kyle Shanahan has typically had. Um, I just wonder if that means we're going to see a whole lot more power in gap scheme. And we, we've seen like in 2019, they started doing a little bit more inside stuff. Um, and you saw a lot of it last year too. I wonder if banks now is like, all right, they're going to be like three or four times a game where we run quarterback power right behind Aaron banks. And, uh, that to me would justify the pick a lot more because I think if you look at, if you look at the draft class as a whole, I think he's probably the the toughest fit just based on like what we've seen from Kyle Shanahan type players in the past. So if Mm -hmm. I could see banks sort of like taking banks, like it would make a lot of sense. Like, Oh, they're running a whole lot more power now. That's what, that's what they got banks for. Like that makes, that makes a lot of sense. So that's a, that's something interesting that could happen with that. All right. We're going to end this with, uh, with my good buddy, Kyle, um, making his second podcast appearance. Kyle, what's up, man? How are you doing? What's going on, guys? How's it going? Oh, you know, 
hanging in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got a, two quick questions for you. First one is just a funny NFL one. What is your guys' take on Tim Tebow coming back to the NFL? It's a sham. It's a total <laughs> clown show. No, it is. It's a clown show. That's what it is. That's I ridiculous. You. I don't care who's been out of the league for a freaking decade, and then you're going to sign this guy to play a position he's never played in his goddamn life. Get the hell out of here. Next question. I, I think it's yeah. a it's a great privilege to be Tim Tebow. I'll put it that way. Yeah. No, I, knew, I knew Kyle would have a good take. That's why I had to ask. <laughs> That's good. Um, no, my other question is just, you know, when will – at what point will we have a good idea of how good Trey Lance is? Like after rookie camp, like when, like walk me through when you, when we'll know what about Trey. Cause I don't really know after rookie camp, what comes next. And then after that, what comes next? You know, walk yeah. Me through that. Yeah. So typically rookie mini camp is really hard to like, you, you can see the physical skills, right? Like you could see the physical stuff like you would at a pro day. Um, he'll be moving around and, and throwing, but it's, you know, it's not going to be 11 on 11. I mean, there might be some 11 on 11 stuff, but there's going to be, you know, maybe five or six guys on the field who are even going to make the team um, or at least even participate in training camp. Like rookie mini camp is basically just the draft picks, um, some undrafted guys, and then a whole lot of tryout guys. So it's a little bit tough to judge in terms of like that environment, like how good somebody's going to be. But so what we don't know is what um, off-season OTAs are going to look like in terms of attendance because, you know, you do have Jimmy Garoppolo having incentives tied to off-season workout bonuses, like 600000 I know George Kittle has a, has a bonus tied to that as well and a few other guys. But, like, I'm expecting a vast majority of the veterans not to show up for the June OTAs. So it will be a little bit weird to figure out exactly how quickly Trey Lance is picking up the system and how well things are going. Obviously, you can tell, like, is the offense running smoothly or not? Is he um, – is Kyle Shanahan yelling at him after every rep? Like, there, there are things like that that you can sort of figure out. But in terms of, like, how quickly he's, he's picking things up and how good you think he can be, it's really hard to judge from minicamp. And so I think ultimately what – I mean, the best the, the best opportunity is going to be the first two weeks of training camp when there are actual practices because that's the that's the only time of the year, those two weeks, where the media is allowed to watch 100% of the practices. So we will have a pretty good idea of where things stand. There are going to be people, myself included, you know, charting um, charting all the throws, right? Who com- who completed who uh, who completed what pass to who, and you know, it, our is he favoring this target more like does he you know whatever there's going to be all sorts of that type of analysis coming out of those training camp practices and this is going to be the most heavily scrutinized one probably since I started covering the team in 2013 um so yeah we'll have we'll have an idea and I think he's going to get a ton of time in the preseason I think the preseason I'm normally a person who hates the preseason and thinks the preseason should be abolished and it's a waste of time and I I think it's a ripoff uh, of fans' the money and, and attention. Football. It's a Tim Tebow football <laughs> game. Well, nicely put. Um, but uh, I think there's going to be a lot of value in the preseason this year just from a Trey Lance perspective. Like, all right, is Kyle Shanahan just going to give him free reign to, like, play three quarters in each preseason game because he just needs the reps? Um, I think that's very possible. Is it going to be a situation where – 
you know, Kyle Shanahan says, well, I know what Jimmy Garoppolo looks like as a starting quarterback. Maybe I should just give Trey Lance a start with the ones, um, you know, in the first or second preseason game to see what that looks like. Like, that's going to be really fascinating. Um, and the decision-making process around all of that. Uh, so I, I think we're not really going to know to answer your question um, until August. And I think that's, you know, we're going we're to be watching all the practices um, and uh, and then the preseason games will be fascinating. And so at that point, I think we'll have an idea. And talking, you know, like hopefully at some point we'll be able to get back in the locker room. Um, really like shooting the shit with players off the record is really when you learn the most stuff because they're very guarded in terms of what they say that's on the record. But if like Trey Lance is, is crushing it at practice after those two weeks, like I feel like it, there's there's going to be a little bit of momentum that we're going to be able to pick up on, um, and I think ultimately that'll be the best sign. Is like, okay, do his teammates think he's good yet? Like, do they think he's ready, or is he still got a ways to go? Um, you know, I think that'll be really telling once we if if we can get back in the locker room and have those conversations again because we've been limited to Zoom and it and um, it's not my favorite part of the job. Let me tell you that, but. Um, yeah, nobody, I think, I think nobody, nobody is going to be more important in this than the people at the practices, the beat writers at the practices that are tweeting out the 10 second videos of team drills where he's throwing and the ball just comes off his hand better than it does Garoppolo's. And oh, he was he was 10 of 12 with six touchdowns today and he was perfect in the red zone period. Like the court of public opinion is going to sway so fast based on whatever the beat writers say. Yeah. And I know that doesn't have anything to do with what the 49ers are going to do, unless you believe Michael Lombardi that they're swayed by public opinion. But (laughs) that is, that is going to steer this conversation in whatever, whatever direction it's going to go for the entire year. It's going to start in camp with those training camp, those vague training camp tweets of, yeah, Trey Lance is the better quarterback today. Well, there it is. He should right. start. Right. It's, yeah, it's, and to be honest, like covering training camp is tough um, because you do need to know what you're looking at, right? Like you need the context of exactly what is happening, what, like, what are, where exactly is are the players in the coach's mind? Why are they getting these reps? Like it's, it would be very easy to, and I've done this before to be like, Oh, this guy looks, you know, this guy looks great or this guy looks awful. And then it turns out it's a completely different story in the regular season, just because that guy might not be a great practice player. That guy's nursing an injury that we don't know about, or uh, they're working on, you know, there will be periods where there will be practices where we look down and like, man, Jimmy Garoppolo's completed like two of six passes in team drills. Well, it's like turns out it was a it was a run period, right? Like they they just ran the ball all practice, and there was never really an emphasis on the passing game. So do we even care about those numbers, right? Um, so it's just training camp is tough because I mean you're out there, you're limited to like binoculars and wherever you're situated on the field. You can only watch from the side. You can't watch from the end zone view where I like to watch all my all 22 tape. Um, so it's just more difficult. Like it's not as easy as like when you're watching the game on TV and you can just like, you, you have a great view of everything. Sometimes a play will happen. You'll have no angle of it. You'll get, you'll end up playing telephone with another reporter or somebody else who saw it and try to figure out what happened. 
Um, there are eight drills going on at once all over the field. So there will be like an individual passing drill where Trey Lance throws a 60 yard bomb, but I'm over watching Aaron Banks practice against Javon Kinlaw. As you are wont to do. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's like covering training camp is tough. And I would just, I, I would caution everybody who consumes training camp content, which I assume is a lot of people to just say, like, <laughs> If to, you're to listening just, to this at 9 p.m. on Monday, May 10th, <laughs> chances are, yeah, you're gonna be locked in. <laughs> but shout out I, to everybody in here. But there, there are gonna be there are gonna be people and tweets saying this guy's clearly better than this guy, and this guy looks bad, and you know whatever like that. There are gonna be a lot of absolutes said on Twitter, and I would just be I, I would just be leery of like, all right, let's give let let's allow the context to take precedent in that it's practice and guys are entirely different in practice during games. And there's just a whole lot of unknown stuff from our perspective, because we don't know what guys are running and uh, what the focus is on the practice and what they're working on and all that. Cause right. if you talk to, if you talk to NFL players, they will tell you like the funniest thing in the world to them is to read practice recaps and they'll tell all of us like, yeah, dude, that's not what was happening at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's just that's a hard thing. It, it's a hard thing to. Uh, it, it's a hard part of the job. Um, but you know, once that, it, it, it's very clear. Like, I've written practice reports and then read what other people said, and we've just seen completely different things on the practice field. And so it's just, it, it's a, it's a funny that dynamic. Happens. I'm not going to name the player or the other reporter, but I'm going to name you. Mm-hmm. There was a player last year. That I was because I was going through because you're at camp, I'm not. And so when I'm going through the roster and trying to put together, because that's what I do as a blogger, I kind of piece together other people's notes and just form opinions based off that. And (laughs) I asked you about a player, and you were like, That guy stinks, he got torched this many times. Like he's he's not good. He's not a good player. And then I go read Barrows, and Barrows is like, "This guy looked great." Same guy. And who ended up being this. right? Who was right in the long run? Um, you were right at first, and the guy and came then, on. And then late in the year, the player played and played okay. half decent. Wasn't right. great. Wasn't awesome, but played decent. Okay. Wasn't yeah. a disaster. So I'm technically gonna, Burrows is right. I'm going to give my help, myself half a check mark on my uh, scoreboard I have in my room of me versus Barrows. Good. Well, I knew you had it, and, and that's gonna, why I wanted to yeah. share this anecdote with you. Yeah. yeah. So ha- half a one. Um, thanks. Pretty pretty tight race right now, Barrows. Yeah, he gets a half two, by the way. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think uh, we got anything else. I think that's that's probably it no, for us. We got a Skeddy pod coming up though. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a um, a schedule release pod Wednesday night. We'll go through and uh, just a quick little recap. Speak definitively on which games the 49ers are gonna win and lose. We're gonna tell you how the season's gonna go, but we'll recommend that they still play the games anyway. Right. Um, yeah. So we'll do that. Still working on some uh, some guests potentially coming up, some some potential collaborations, also some exciting, sort of exciting non podcast stuff uh, that I can tease right now. 
but I'm not going to provide any details on because I really want it to happen. Good tease. Don't, don't want to jinx it. And if it does Good happen, tease. it could be really cool. Yeah. Um, so Is that the thing about the thing that we talked about? Yeah, yeah, we talked about it the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool, 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 cool. Um, with, yeah, with, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, with the I other thing. The thing with the, the the place. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So wow, a place. You're really just giving giving. Sorry, away. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Spoiler. Um. No. What, so hopefully this happens. It'll probably be something. Um. Just to keep an eye out before training camp. A uh, a potential cool opportunity for the podcast and other people involved. So um, thanks everybody for hanging out. Thanks for everybody who asked questions. Um, Thanks for hanging out with us at 8 to 9 p.m. on a Monday night in the middle of May. Yeah. Real fans. Real fans. Um, Yeah, we'll talk to you guys later. Subscribe, subscribe, rate, and review. You're way better at that than I am, Kyle. Subscribe, rate, Um, and review. Yeah. And uh, we will uh, talk to you later in the week. Appreciate you guys. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com